Flyers Daily with Jason Mertides. All right, here we go. Brand new Flyers Daily for the 12th of January, 2024. Flyers Daily presented by Ticketmaster. Make more memories live. Flyers heading out for a road trip. Three games in four days, and that begins tonight, 8 o'clock, when they take on the Minnesota Wild. They'll be right back in action to take on the top points percentage team in the NHL tomorrow night against the Winnipeg Jets. And then coming up on Monday, it'll be the Flyers against the St. Louis Blues as the uh, season rolls on and the Flyers continue to try and cement their position in the Eastern Conference playoff race. Right now sitting in the third spot of the Metropolitan Division, 48 points through 41 games. We're at the exact midway point of the season. 41 down, 41 to go, 21-14-6 on the year. Flyers have been a good road team this year, 11-6-4. 3-4-3 and three in their last 10. They did win their last one. That was the shootout victory over the Montreal Canadiens the other night. The Minnesota Wild not having a great season. There's been a lot of distraction there behind the scenes. And Minnesota, some injuries as well. Kaprizov's been a big part of that. Minnesota, 40 games played, 17-19-4, 38 points, sitting in the seventh spot of the Central Division of the Western Conference. They're 4-6 and six in their last 10. Uh, they did lose their last two, but also... They've lost six of their last seven. They're a weird team when you look at their game log. They've had some pretty long stretches. They had an eight-game losing streak. They've had several three, four-game losing streaks. And of late, they'd won actually seven of eight games. And then they go into this stretch where they now have lost six of seven games. Their last loss was at Dallas, and that was a 7-2 defeat to the Dallas Stars. Prior to that, it was a home-and-home with Dallas. They lost 4 nothing to the Stars as well. The lone win of their last seven games was an OT victory on the road against the Columbus Blue Jackets. So it'll be the Flyers and the Minnesota Wild tonight. And again, as we look at these little chunks of the schedule, and we looked at this month of January in particular as being a very important month for the Flyers coming out of the all the travel they did in the first half of the season. They've knocked out several trips to the West Coast, all their trips, if you will. And now it's basically going to be, uh, with the exception of, of these two games tonight and tomorrow night, they're going to be in that Eastern time zone uh, once they get back from this trip. Like when they get back from the trip after the game against St. Louis, they got Dallas, Colorado, Ottawa, and Tampa all at home. Uh, then they're going to go on the road for one against Detroit. And then they're going to get Boston at home. Then the break for the All-Star game. And then it's uh, at Florida. Uh, at home versus Winnipeg and Seattle and Arizona. Then you go on a road trip where you see Toronto, New Jersey, and Chicago, and then the Rangers, and then the Pittsburgh or, or the Pittsburgh game, and then Tampa to wrap up the month at Wells Fargo Center in February. So, again, important stretches here, and this three-game road trip will be very important for the Flyers. Tough trip when you're facing you know, the teams that they have to go against. Minnesota, they beat earlier in the season, did the Flyers. Flyers beat them 6-2. to two. Uh, it was pretty early on in the season, uh, but uh, the Flyers uh, have kind of moved in the right direction. Minnesota has not. Uh, that was a 6-2 win for the Flyers all the way back on October 26th. Seems like an eternity ago at this point. Uh, so this road trip, a tough one, 3-4. And, four, and uh, you got some uh, t- teams that are, are going to give you some pushback. Even though St. Louis not a good team, uh, it's in their building, and Flyers are going to have to be prepared to come out with as many points in the standings, as many standings points as they can get on this trip. You know, in yesterday's episode, we featured uh, some of the Flyers' details uh, at the halfway point from a team perspective, looking at where they rank in goals for and goals allowed and, and all of those categories. 
Let's take a quick look right now at where they sit from an individual player standpoint at the midway point. Uh, Travis Konechny leads the team in points. He's played all 41 games, 21 goals, 16 assists, and 37 points on the year. It's not tough to do this math. Uh, Obviously, if TK can duplicate his goal output in the second half of the season and play all 41 games, that would be a 42-goal season. I don't think a lot of us saw that coming. Uh, We were wondering for a while, is he a 30-goal scorer? Well, he reached that plateau last year. Uh, Can he be a 40-goal scorer, 42 goals? I don't think it's out of the question. One thing we've seen out of TK this year, we have not seen Konechny's game dip. He's had some games where he hasn't scored points, but he hasn't gone on pronounced droughts. And, you know, the weapon that he is on the penalty kill is such a big part of that. He's got five shorthanded goals. He's only got two goals on the power play. And if this Flyers power play, uh, with the addition of Jamie Drysdale, can get going in this second half of the season, that will help them so much. I was talking to uh, a fellow uh, hockey analyst yesterday, and he said if this power play can get going and provide this team some punch in this final half of the season and you know, it could provide them about a half a goal per game. And that's a huge difference on a lot of levels. One, because obviously you got more goal scoring and you're making the opposition pay when they take penalties. Uh, but it can also maybe kind of alleviate some of the mental wear and tear of having to play so many close games. So instead of winning a game two to one, you win a game three to one or four to two, a little bit more comfortably. Because that mental aspect of playing one goal games no margin for error is something that can be draining when you're going through an 82 game season for all the players it can also be very draining for the goaltenders because it puts a lot of pressure on them Uh, Joel Farabee also has played 41 games uh, 12 goals 18 assists 30 points second on the team in points Sean Couturier has played 39 games only missed two which is really remarkable I mean that's one of the great storylines of this season is not just the return of Sean Couturier, that he's played 39 of 41 games. It's that it's the Sean Couturier that we saw prior to missing 21 months of hockey. 10 goals, 18 assists. He's been a leader. Leads the forwards in ice time at 19 minutes and 59 seconds. That's been a huge, huge element for the Flyers. Travis Sanheim, another huge element here at the midway point, is fourth on the team in points with 25. What? He's got four goals. 21 assists, 25 points, did miss one game uh, due to illness. And Travis Sanheim is a top-pairing defenseman, now on the left side with Jamie Drysdale here, playing 24 minutes and 34 seconds. He goes back to his natural side. Drysdale moves into that top-pair right-side position. And obviously, uh, Cam York moves into that second pair alongside Sean Walker, at least for now. And we'll see how this plays out over the coming weeks or days or whatever it may uh, stand to be. Owen Tippett's played all 41, 14 goals uh, for Owen Tippett. So he's on a 28-goal pace. Last year, he had 27. Uh, Bobby Brink has played in 36 games, healthy scratched a few times, but 18 points. Pretty effective season from Bobby Brink. Cam Atkinson, we know about the goal drought. Had good numbers early on, 8 goals, 10 assists in 40 games. Had just the one missed game. Again, guy coming off. Uh, a, a missed season completely last year, and then he comes into this season, and he's only missed one game, and that was due to being a healthy scratch, not due to injury or soreness or anything that goes along with it. Some guys maybe you'd like to see a little more offense from. Scott Lawton, three goals, 14 assists. Uh, Tyson Forster, five goals, 11 assists. Uh, those guys you want to see a little more from. And Morgan Frost is an interesting one because he's played in 30 of the 41 games. 
scratched 11 times, but he's got 14 points, power play goal in the last game. Uh, so we'll see uh, how the second half plays out uh, for a player like Morgan Frost. And again, you go back to the power play. Jamie Drysdale is a guy that can bring a lot to this power play. Flyers have now played and dressed in the first half of this season 11 different defensemen. That's incredible. Victor Metti got a game. Emil Andre got four. You look at uh, Jamie Drysdale, just one, but Mark Stahls played in 16. Rasmus Ristolainen's played in 21. Louis Belpedio played in a dozen. Nick Sealers played in all 41. Zamula's got 32. Sean Walker's played in every game, all 41. Same with Cam York. Uh, and obviously, Travis Sanheim has played in 40 of the 41. So we've seen 11 different defensemen play for the Flyers, and we're only halfway through the season. That's incredible that you can play 11 defensemen to this point, and you're sitting in playoff positioning. So there's some of the numbers for you. Let's look at the goaltender's numbers at the midway point because this has been just a a really good strength of this Flyers team. So let's start with Carter Hart. He's played in 23 games. He has obviously had to deal with the illness and something that he's going to have to deal with and, and work through going forward. But on the year, 10 wins, 8 losses, 3 overtime losses, a 2.69 goals against average, and a very nice 9.11 save percentage, and also has a shutout on the season. Sam Harrison has played in 18 games, 10 wins, 5 losses, 3 overtime losses, 2.46 goals against average, and now a 9.03 save percentage. That's creeping up. Cal Peterson also got two games, a record of 1-1, one one, both against the Kings, 3.5 goals against average, and an 8.96 save percentage. All said and done, through 41 games, the goaltending in total, record of 21-14-6, 2.76 goals allowed per game played, and a 9.07 save percentage. So really strong on the goaltending front. When you take Sam Harrison's you know, first three games out of uh, uh, this season, really, look. let's look at the last 13 games for Sam Harrison. How about a record of 9-2-2, two, and two, a very paltry 2.06 goals against average, 924 save percentage, and two goose eggs. And he's been excellent in the shootout. Those are some of the storylines from the first half of this season. And while those are important statistical storylines, really, the first 41 games of this season have been a transitional time for this Flyers organization. I saw this tweet yesterday uh, from an account on uh, Twitter, um, at Yuri Lextera, which is one of the great Twitter handles I've ever seen. And she said, while I don't want to put any heavy expectations on them just yet, referring to the Flyers, I can honestly say that this has been the most fun Flyers season in years. It's so nice to have a likable group to root for and to be able to just enjoy hockey again. And I put out a tweet, quote tweeted it, and said, uh, this is a sentiment that I have heard from many many Flyer fans, whether it's at the building when I'm walking around or I'm at Wawa or whatever it might be. Talking to people via social media, uh, when I jump on other podcasts to, to be a guest, I hear this sentiment quite a bit, and I totally agree with it. And I said, I feel like this season has been almost a healing for Flyer fans, if that makes any sense. And, you know, it's it's incredible because when the changes were made from Dave Scott to Dan Hilferty, from Chuck Fletcher to Danny Briere and Keith Jones, a lot of people questioned it. They said, okay, you got a rookie GM, a president of hockey operations that uh, was a broadcaster for the last 20-plus years, 
no experience in the front office, and you got Dan Hilferty, who's never worked in hockey. How is this going to work? But there was there was a good amount of okay, I got to give it a chance because of the three people, I like them. They're likable guys. Are they going to do the right things? Time will tell. The right things from uh, an organizational business standpoint and their connection with the fans. The right things in a hockey standpoint of building a team and sticking to the plan and and not cutting corners for short-term game for long-term pain. So we said, okay, we'll judge those things in due time, but let's give it a chance. And I got a lot of responses to that tweet, and I want to read a few of them here because I think I think they're really important. And I think that's the biggest thing to come out of this first 41 games is that the team has re-engaged with his fan base, has heard the fan base, respects the fan base, and people are showing up again. I noticed it kind of in, in, in parts throughout the season, but in that Columbus game when they got back from the holiday trip, there was a really full building there. And again, it's all Flyer fans. Columbus fans don't invade Wells Fargo Center. It's not like they're playing New Jersey or they're playing the Rangers and all their fans migrate down here. It was a full building. Then the next game was the Ed Snyder game on Saturday uh, where the, we celebrated his 91st birthday. And that building was full from the rafters to the glass with Flyer fans. And they were treated to a hell of a game. Really good game. And then the Montreal game. Again, people want to be entertained. They want to be respected as fans. They want to be the organization to be as transparent as it can be and, you know, have a vision that they're executing without deviating from it for long, for, again, for short-term gain. They're looking at the big picture. So some of the responses, Anthony DeGrazio tweeted me and said, people are talking about the Flyers in a positive note like we haven't seen in a very long time. It's only taken half a season. Very impressive for Briere, Jones, and Torts. They all deserve a lot of credit. I, I would put Dan Hilferty in there, too. And I think I, I truly believe this. You guys know how I feel about John Tortorella. Well, I don't think Torts is perfect. I think he was the right guy for the right time for this team. And I think that he really kicked this into motion. And then he had willing partners in Dan Hilferty and Keith Jones and Danny Briere to execute this properly. So I think they all deserve credit for what has taken place in just a half of a season from where they finished last year to now. Just how it feels in your belly, in your gut. It feels totally different. Philly Sports Dad said, I watched for the first time in a long time. I missed Flyers hockey, especially postseason hockey. Well, I said, I'm more of a fan of other sports. There's still nothing better than playoff hockey. Here's hoping it's coming. Uh, Greg Cellini said, it absolutely makes sense. A lot, a lot of what was disliked about this organization has been removed, whether that be players or management. You bring in Hilferty, Jones, Briere, and Torts, and now the undeniable improvement in the team's play, and here we are. It's, it is undeniable. It, it, he used the perfect world. It is undeniable. Uh, Tim Tobin, frequent tweeter to Flyers Daily, says, so true. It feels good to be a Flyer fans again. Tim Sickler said, took my son to his first Flyers game last night, the Montreal game. He said, really enjoyed it. The Flyers are fun again. Brian, totally rejuvenated as a Flyers fan. They may not be cup contenders yet, but I know they will compete every night and see a path to get better. These tweets 
just sum it up perfectly for me. I don't need to come up with some great wordsmith. These are, this is the fans talking. Sula says, yes, this has been the most fun season in at least five years, probably more like 10. He said, I'm actually excited to watch every game again. Chris Sack tweets in, says, I'm a half-season ticket holder, and you can see the difference in the building since the season started. Totally agree. He said, more people coming out. Let's go Flyers chance in the building. Last night was loud, referring to the Montreal game. A lot of excitement, and it's great to see the building getting loud again. You can feel it. There was a game that the Flyers played Pittsburgh that home and home with the Penguins. And my wife and my brother-in-law came down to the game. And I went and I sat with them during uh, the second or the first and second period during the game to watch it. And I, I don't sit in the bowl a whole lot. I'm either in the press box or I'm down by the Zamboni. I, I, I tend to move around a little bit. But I'm just watching it in the bowl. And I remember turning to my wife late in the second period. I said, man, this is fun again. These people are excited. They're enjoying themselves. It's That was when it first kind of hit me. And that was in the beginning of December, I believe. Uh, Mark tweets in and says, makes total sense. The team had to regain the trust of the fan base. And due to the actions of Hilferty, Jones, Briere, and Torts, they have. So these are great. This is great stuff. This is why we're at the midway point. And I know an 82-game season can be an absolute grind. As a fan, it's a long year. I love the 82. I love the ebbs and flows. And I just love watching the game. But this is why, through 41 games, I am so insanely pumped up to watch the next 41 and see where it goes. The first 41 has been this kind of build, build, build. And now the second 41 is just going to be, I think it's going to be incredible. Um Hydrated Millennial said, Torts is really growing on me. Figured he would overstay his welcome shortly after he got here, but can see, can see him now being the coach here for several more years. Don C, they play hard. They're well coached. Organization seems headed in the right direction. Takes time. Well said again. J.R. Stray, I've watched more Flyers hockey this year than the previous combined three seasons. Ship has been righted, and I'm along for the journey. Hugh, it's what we all deserve. The product had been unwatchable. Now there is a vision for the future, and they're playing their tails off. There seems to be an honest preparation and maximizing the current players we have. Hockey just said, simple, they're fun to watch again. That's fine. They are. And part of that is the way they play. I don't mean how hard they play. I mean the system and the high transition and stressing your opponent, all of that stuff. That is all part of it. Nick says, you're 100% right. I swore them off the last two seasons. This season, I'm watching again. One more. Clara Clara Varino, easy for me to say, said 100%. Every game from the bubble till this season felt like we were watching a team spiral further and further down the drain. The organization was a zombie. But with Danny Briere, Jonesy on board, it feels like the pride of the flying P is back. Totally agree. And this is why I will never totally swear off social media because times like these are, you know, when when social media can pick you up with positivity. And look, I don't want to go back and rehash the whole Cutter Gauthier thing, but I feel like that was an inflection point. Flyer fans, we were cannibalizing ourselves for three, four years, maybe five, maybe more. I don't know. 
infighting, beating each other up. I'm right, you're wrong in nasty ways. It became a lot like politics. You couldn't, if you didn't agree with me, you were a moron. If you agree with, it, it just got really toxic. But what would happened with the Gauthier thing was a guy didn't want to be here. And we take that personally, and we should. But a guy didn't want to be here. And what that did for the first time in what I feel like is a really, really long time, maybe since 2012, it galvanized this fan base together. It brought the fan base back together. And if that's the legacy of Gauthier and his time as a flyer, thank you. Thank you for doing that. Because this fan base needed to be brought together. And if even if it's in something negative, it has been brought back together. This fan base has been galvanized, and they are all moving in the right direction. So if that's, if that's the byproduct of what happened this past week, so be it. The end part of it is good. Not to mention the fact that Jamie Drysdale, I think, is going to have a great career here. Did you see the way that kid skates? He doesn't skate. He floats. He's an, The pass he makes to Morgan Frost in that overtime, getting up the ice, coming up just uh, on the right side of the ice, head up, surveying his options while skating effortlessly through the neutral zone, and then, boom, just wires a pass right on the tape of Morgan Frost. Had to feather it, too, because Morgan Frost is pretty well covered. And Morgan Frost goes in with a great opportunity, one of seven flyer shots in that overtime. Man, I, I'm looking forward to watching this second half. I hope you guys are, too. All right, Flyers Minnesota Wild tonight. We'll break it down tomorrow, and we'll preview Flyers Jets on tomorrow's Flyers Daily.